Welcome to What Won't She Say, a woman-centered podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Mastic. Stick around for the season to be inspired by amazing women who bravely delve into the stories of their lives, giving hope and inspiration to others. Together, we will explore such a wide array of topics that you will be asking yourself, what won't you say? All right, welcome back to another episode of Believing in Biscuits. I'm with my co-host, Sarah Zimmerman. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Sonia. How are you, love? Great. So we're obviously doing a recap of Ted Lasso, and we are now on episode 11. Episode 11 of 12 of the final season of Ted Lasso. This one is called Mom City. All right. First off, let me just get this out of the way. (laughs) Okay. I want to get my bitching out of the way before we go into the crying. And so uh, I just want to point out, I was having lunch with a friend of mine earlier today and um, we were talking about the episode because we, we both watched the show and I made my complaint, which is this makes my case that they should not have spent an entire episode with Rebecca on the boat with the guy and zava and all these other other things and so i will say to anybody that has says like they were there for a pivotal point i agree listen i agree that jamie and roy wouldn't have been probably closer if it wasn't for zava i agree and jamie that- wouldn't have trained so hard and been such a yeah. you know yeah. critical member of the team and- i agree that the thing with it really unlocked something for rebecca that night with that happening mm-hmm. but the fact that they spent so much time on it it could have been done way shorter in the final season of the entire series I'm done with with the complaining part, but that part like it, it's just driving my complaints home more for the fact that unless this last episode's four hours, we have some un- unresolved shit. There's some unresolved stuff, yeah. Um, so this episode clicked so beautifully, though. Right? Oh yeah, like, it was this great. hit all of the. I, I had no complaints about the editing, the the pacing, the. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the emotional impact was there. The characters were, it was, it was just, it was gorgeous. The, the, the places they took us um, emotionally, but also like, like, you know, cinematography was beautiful. I mean, all of it was mm. so profound. Well, it, they're not all like writing. I don't think you can always write this, this like this. <laughs> I think mm. like, you know, like people are, because the standards are so high with a show, you know, like the peaks are so great <laughs> that I think that you're right. There probably were some areas that like it wasn't as strong writing. It wasn't the strong choices, you know, like mm. it's not even about the writing. It's about the thing that you've complained about the entire time. But in a different way, it's about editing. They could have edited yeah. down yeah. the amount of time yeah. they spent. I yeah. think the writing was great because all those relationships were necessary for, you know, you could have gone a million different ways with with providing pivot points for the characters, but they chose those ways. And I'm cool with that. I, I'm, I'm cool with the Zava character. I'm cool with Rebecca meeting the stranger and never exchanging a name. That, that part still bugs me a little bit, but that's just preference. You know, like, I think they did a good job, but it, they really could have brevity just to give us more meat and marrow of, of this last season. If mm. they had like infinite amount more seasons, I don't care about any of that stuff. It, this season would have been even editing wise for me, perfection had it, had it not been the final one. Mm. Because now you're feeling like they have to rush to give us satisfying completion of the arcs of the characters we care about. Yes. 
Because, mm-hmm. I mean, tomorrow, t- tomorrow, the next episode is just going to be a bunch of that. It's just going to be, I would guess, trying to put some finality to a bunch of these character arcs, um, whether it is coerced or not, whether it is natural feeling or not. They're just going to have to time they're just gonna have to do that not because they're lazy or bad writers we're gonna get a ton of neatly tied bows i think that there may be um they might do the the the, you have a sense that this character still has goals and has flesh and is a real person who's gonna go back out into the world and keep doing their thing and keep learning and growing and you know but i'm saying just the fact of touching on each character in it is going to take up time that's the whole episode they're just going to give you whether they tie it up or not snippets of every single character that we care about and that's the end of the you know i mean that's the end of the of the series and so um that part's a little disappointing but this episode was just absolutely incredible and sarah warned everybody in her post because she got to watch a tuesday night I, I ran out of time in the day that it was a tearjerker and um oh i will God. say I mean, openly weeping like i yeah. hard time i mean like tearing up right now just thinking about it like this is this is one of those that it just hits so like dead center on the pain points you know and it felt yeah, for so you. relatable oh god you know and like and for a lot of people i mean i know people that are yeah. like reaching out to their parents and are just you know like they're oh god the, the jason sudeikis has said in interviews that the whole show is about fatherhood basically about like mm-hmm. relationships with dads you know mm-hmm. and so our parents you know and uh this and we all have big feelings about that, about being parents or being parented or, you know, and so this just really pushed on all of those, you know, and then there, and you're seeing people raise themselves, parent themselves, you know, and you're seeing them nurture each other, especially, you know, those that didn't get nurturing or didn't feel, you know, you're seeing them like find a way to, you know, peace and joy with each other. And it's just, oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And I will say, for myself they gave a lot the writers gave a lot of satisfaction um because we're just going to go right into you know we, we we can we'll go back and cover a lot of like the jokes because again as much as they touched on pain points there was like so much humor so much beauty like you, you like you said so much cinematography and stuff it was just really like the music and the whole you know freddie mercury being three you know threaded throughout the whole episode is oh, funny yeah. and beautiful but this is my next favorite movie right like we said that after the yeah. amsterdam episode this is my yeah. favorite new movie this is my other favorite new movie like these are long ass episodes and they feel very much like a complete story like this yeah this would be a satisfying thing unto itself you know but what i loved about the fact of that though is during the scene jumping right to ted having the the basically the standoff with his mom when she's getting ready to go back I love that they made Ted as real as he's ever been. I love yes. that he says thank you and fuck you many times. Yeah. Because there's nothing more visceral feeling for people that swear, and this isn't a joke. There's nothing more visceral feeling than than like you can't trump the fuck you word, the mm-hmm. phrase. It's mm-hmm. fuck you releases all these like sort of feelings and endorphins and you know Mm -hmm. whether it makes you angry or relieved but it the fuck you is really there and so so, yeah he said it so many times and he and he wasn't trying to be cute or jolly or he didn't have little jokes around it it was just a thank you and fuck you and i neither of them backed off either i kept expecting you know because so 
I kept thinking he would be like, okay, well, you know, I've, I've said my piece. That was too much. That's way more than I usually say. I'm going to stop now, but he didn't. I mean, she, and she kind of, she, she apologized and he didn't say, okay, we're cool. He said, yeah, okay, well, it's not enough. You know, like, it's not, I'm not, I'm not there. I've got more. Like he, he didn't back off. He kept until he felt like he had gotten what he needed out of the moment. And she didn't run and hide either, which from everything I'd seen from her previously in the episode, I expected her just to shut it all down. She didn't. And so that's, that's why it, it was so poignant. It was so, yeah. it was so satisfying for, for so many people who haven't had those kind of moments with yeah. their parents that it needs to be said on both sides. It needs to it be never heard. will. Some people right. that, that their parents are gone or they don't they no longer have a relationship with them, that the opportunity will never, ever happen. And so I think it was really cathartic for a lot of people yes. because parenting problems are, you know, par- parenting things like that are universal. And even um, when they sort of were winding this, the emotional aspect of that scene down, I don't have kids, but to Ted to say, like, you know, he knows that his son misses him and then he had that that pain of abandonment again and and not even having children like i i i can feel that like it made me like sob uncontrollably because i mean jason is just such a great actor and um sold it so convincingly but again like who's who doesn't have the fear of abandonment in some way right and especially of a child just doing his natural course in life and stuff it just was like so complex and so entangled and so beautiful well and him admitting that he has withdrawn a bit has yeah. kept some distance from his kid because he's had loss and hasn't reckoned with the loss and is afraid of other people he cares about as much as he did his dad other people he needs to be alive as much as he his dad he needed leaving being gone you yeah. know um yeah no I, I think that that was really effective i found his mother so triggering yeah oh my god like i was on second watch like i'm seething like everything like everything about her just like fired me up i was so irritated and it's complex because if you watch it she's charming she's delightful everyone loves her she's sweet she's like the you know she doesn't ask for anything she gives 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 like all the stuff that we're taught we're supposed to be and want and it is just 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 so un incomplete of a person and then asks from those around them not out loud of course but but so many silent tasks it, it requires then emotionally the people around you to just oh exhausting exhausting i mean it's she's the perfect character model of humans that we live with especially parental ones where they are so abusive and manipulative and it's masked under niceness and other people don't see it and it's fucking maddening yes. and the fact is is that she's so checked out she's so unaware of anything around her i mean the whole scene with her and beard and when um ted is playing of course another kansas reference he's playing the wizard of oz uh, pinball game and she says you know how is he doing and um she said is he still doing the you know um every he's doing everything for everyone around him and asking nothing for himself and beard's like well you know how he is and he's like well how are you and she's like well don't worry yourself with me like she's just so like yeah she's just so like has no no sense of self-awareness whatsoever and then but what was exciting is that ted was seeing it ted was seeing his shit uh, all over his mom 
And that's why, of course, he was so irritated with her the whole time. But that was a relief, too, to see him have big feelings and be upset and having had enough perspective now and enough growth, enough therapy to be really like, this is not enough. This is not, you're not giving me the person you need to be. You're not showing up and you built me to also not show up. And I'm, you know, like, I, I, oh God, I love that. But I loved your character too, because they did things that to people that haven't lived this experience, I have, they're very subtle and like having a narcissist kind of yes, situation but, is that what I mean? Not really. The thing of like, there's a couple things that, that they did that was really beautiful that shows the complexity of this particular personality type and why they're so gaslighting to you. Why they're so, why they why they keep you off your footing. And mm-hmm. the two examples were um, that she had said when she texted him, "I wish I would have went to the game." Mm-hmm. that's so fucking shitty like mm-hmm. you had so the chance aggressive yeah. so shitty but so he asked specific, like why would you come here and first yeah. not tell me and then also not participate in my fucking life like not yeah. show up to the things that are my yeah. priorities important to me like you're not here for me and you couch it and it's a mother's day gift that you bought for yourself like just the passive aggressive grossness you know yeah. like but ugh. then, then yeah, should... she should have come to the game and then they show her humanity, though. And another thing that she says, which people online were like, well, she was just manipulating him. And I wholly disagree, which is when she said, your son misses you. She was not oh, manipulating no. I him. That was real. That was the first real moment we'd seen of her. Yes. And also the, the only thing that she was manipulating is that she couldn't say in that moment and she used her son for it. I miss, I you, miss you. Yeah, I need you there. I'm worried about you being here. I don't know what's going on. I can't yeah. help you. And I know you have mental health care issues. I, I, you know, like she's convinced herself that she's not allowed to ask for things for herself. And so she does it because we all need things. She does it in sleazy back door ways. Yeah. And that's what he learned too, is like, you never are allowed to actually be a full person and need things and be upset and be hurt and, you know, take up space. You're going to be those things and it's going to come out in other ways. And so he's again, seen this, learned this. And now is like all that's just uh, epiphany after epiphany, I think, you know, but that again comes back to attributing to such beautiful writing that they can mm. write her so full like that. Oh my god, it yeah. was so so good. And then write Ted. Oh, because so everybody full. was like, "I know this person." Yeah, you know, like so it was a yeah. very real person. Yeah. And then they, again, if you think about it, if you take like a back up and take like a broad overview, you know, looking over top of it, they had such these like monolithic personality types. Mm. And then we go to Jamie's mom. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I brought up in a Ted Lasso group that, you know, it was it creepy as you know, like it wrote it to be creepy, like it's just far too affectionate. <laughs> Roy couldn't stop staring. It was just whole uh, thing. So I made an Oedipus joke. You know, I was like, Oedipus uh-huh. party of one. Did your table's you ready. Most of the people did not. But you know who did? Some women with sons <laughs> who could not see how creepy that was. And, and, and so the one woman said, Basically, you're just being a bitch because she uh, is young looking. I'm like, you're not hearing me. The way she looks and the way she dresses has nothing to do with this. The behavior is creepy. And you can tell by everybody's expressions. They wrote it that way. I'm not judging these people. No, they right. wrote the it that way. The characters were aware. Yeah, yeah. And so then uh, and another and the stepfather goes, here we go again. <laughs> you know, yeah. like they definitely yeah. have this unusual dynamic. I mean, yeah, because now he's pushed out as the man in her life. And and then the other thing that I brought up in the in the thread was um, and then another woman said, oh, you just 
you just don't have um, the dynamic with a parent like that. You don't understand. This is just a little boy coming home to be with his mommy. And I said, first off, you're creepy. Secondly, <laughs> I'm like, he's a he's, sexy little baby. That's what I, said. I said, she called him a sexy little baby. He is not a little boy. She's not a mommy. They're all grown adults and she is being very creepy. I said, but I said, what you both women that are defending your own probably parenting with your sons is that what they're trying to show is both of his parents fucked him up by treating him like a child. His his dad was way too hard on him and his mom was way too easy on him. And they both wanted him to be some extreme version of who he's not. He's no longer a little boy. And at six, he wasn't a grown man that his dad wanted to be. either. I mean, right. she, when she said, you know, you're a good person or you're, you're a beautiful person, something like that. I wanted her to say, you're kind, you're thoughtful, mm-hmm. you're funny, you're smart. I wanted her to get, but no, she went back to football, you know, like, so you're a legend. You're a, you know. yeah. So it's all about his performance and yeah, his, in, in their eyes. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I wasn't as, creeped out now it could be because i have a son and i'm hoping that my behavior with my son is totally fine i don't know but i it didn't they definitely were showing that they have boundary issues and that there's some like uh, like affection like that there's some stuff there there's definitely some stuff there but i also love that he was able to be vulnerable not in front of her but in Mm -hmm. front of roy and keely like he was able to just, you know, this is what I need. I'm in a dark, dark place. Cause the whole episode starts with, with Jamie being depressed, which we haven't seen, you know, mm. and he's struggling to find motivation and find his, uh, the burn inside him basically without now that he's kind of healed. Like he's not as upset with his dad. He's not hurt. He's not wounded. So he's not playing angry anymore. So how does he play? How does he live? You know? Um, yeah, I, I don't I know. Will... I also felt like it was a little bit like when we saw Nate's family dynamics and you go, OK, so it's not just a dickhead dad. There's a really loving mom. Mm-hmm. So he, so he's going to be more than just his anger. There's more to him. He's been right. You know what I mean? Like I this is the thing is that I think you have a very physically affectionate um, relationship with your son. That's not that I, I don't want to misconstrue anyone listening. That's not the issue. Like, I hope that all of your sons grow up and still be physically very affectionate with you when they're grown men. That's mm-hmm. not the, the, the fact that she sexualized him. That's what was gross. My sexy yeah. baby. Yeah, it, it it went too far with that. Like, I don't care if if he's a mama's boy. We need a lot more mama's boys, frankly. You know, and we she need... was like worshiping his hair. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's very... what I'm saying. I think it was almost like she was polishing her idol. Yes. And, and the, and the whole, that part was weird. And the, again, the sexualizing is what got weird to me. I don't like it when anybody's yeah. like, Oh, you know, I've got a sexy little five-year-old. What is well, wrong with you? And and his dad took him to a prostitute when he was 15 right. or whatever. Right. I mean, there's definitely like, he was not allowed as much as I treat him like a kid. He was not actually allowed to be like a kid, a normal no. kid. That's know? the point I was making. And, and I tried to make in that thread, but let's back up to what you said though. Um, again, we could spend 12 hours talking about this episode, but um, I do want to just touch on a few things things that I thought were really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was when when um, Jamie breaks down in the boot room and he he, he collapses into Roy's arms and starts yes. sobbing. Yes. It, it was actually funny to me because he kept like squeezing Roy's face and smooshing oh, it up. And- so <laughs> pitch perfect. Yes, because it was like oh, uh, he did that a couple times in the episode yeah. where he, what he was saying was actually hysterical. Yeah. But what he was 
or what he was doing was hysterical, but his, the flip, his words or his actions were tender, you know? So yeah. you're like right yeah. on that kind of edge of like, I really feel for this person. There's genuine emotions going on here. And also like, oh my God, this is so funny. You know? Yeah. Well, and Roy was like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. And then when Will walks in, he's like, Will, you missed a good one. <laughs> yeah. So I love no, that line. I, I love, love that. Their whole dynamic, that whole yeah. scene. And my uh, God, Phil Dunster. Holy shit. Yeah. Totally, totally. His mansion win warrants. Whole... He was so good. Oh, yeah. God. So okay, the other sorry. line that I love, um, which was between Jade and Nathan and they're opening and then Nate, uh, they're opening up the restaurant yeah. and he's like, you know what? He's like, oh, we put the, no one swept the floor last night. Why, why was there not the cleaners here or whatever? And she's like, we don't have cleaners. And he's like, well, why do you put chairs on tables? She's like the patriarchy. Oh my God. And no affect. Just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, she, yeah. there's, she's the funniest person on the show, I think. And that whole scene was perfection. And then and then I got later, my nickname from my aunt, Jaded. Jaded, yeah. Without, I mean, and again, doesn't miss a beat and doesn't like flicker an eyebrow. No emotion. You never are sure if she's kidding, but she's always kidding. You know what like, I mean? Like she's yeah. always making jokes. Give me a few the, of yours. The whole like, um, she came. Well, I loved them in the apartment when he came home. All these like buzzing with ideas for the restaurant. Let's make it better. Let's let's tweak. And she was like, "Why are you? I have literally never thought about work. The second I leave, I don't think I think about work at work. You know, like I love that too. Yeah." Um, but she sees how passionate he is about every single thing he throws himself into. So of course, in the episode, the, some of the players and will after Nate has gone and done Will's work and given him an apology and, um, really shown, shown up for him. Uh, they come back and they ask Nate to join the team mm -hmm. and how did, did that sit well with you? It, it did. I think that yeah, it made sense. It was going that direction. And it also made sense that um nate wouldn't entertain the idea unless ted was on board mm -hmm. but then that that springboards us into beard's backstory oh my oh. god okay so first of all let me just say nick muhammad also just the acting yeah. i mean yeah. just in like so just like ripples across his face you feel everything um and i think the all of this reckoning with him would not have worked and then people's criticism that they're rushing too much and that he's you know he hasn't really like gotten his come up comeuppance and all that stuff i think because of his acting i'm 100 there like i think he oh, pulls 100%. us there i'm i'm yeah. fine with all of this so yes yeah, so beard beard and ted watched the whole video listen of when they quit i, I want to say this too though before you go into the the come up it's is that this is the thing and i keep hearing that a lot in in different posts and stuff is that Here's a PSA for everyone in the world. If you do something wrong, you don't have to be punished for it. Like meaning like if, if the goal is for you to be better and different and do better, you don't have to suffer and atone for things. Like you have to apologize. Well, there you're talking. I mean, like about how we handle criminal offenses and stuff, right? Like My some case places, point. They meet their needs and they help them recover and find what was in them that was broke and that needed to be fixed. And we punish, 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 punish. Yeah. So it should not be punitive. And Ted if... never, never, ever said a bad word against Nate. No. Never wanted him punished. Did not jump on the whole bandwagon about being furious about the belief sign. He knew and knew quietly and he knows that hurt people hurt people. Like he's always yeah. understood that, you know? Yeah. So then going to the video, you started going into that about them seeing the video of him taking so down the Beard sign. Sees, yeah. So Beard sees, you know, the whole thing that Nate was actually like probably the worst day of Nate's life. And it was really complicated and it was really hard. And there's nothing mm. actually to laugh about. It was, it was horrible, you know? And so he feels compassion for him. And then Ted says, do you have that quote pulled up? 
I had saved it, but what did I do with it? Um, the about forgiveness. Uh, Ted says, "Sorry, this is taking forever." Yeah, so they I hope that either all of us or none of us are judged by the actions of our weakest moments, but rather by the strength we show when and if we're ever given a second chance. Yeah. Yeah. He, I liked too, that while he was showing the video, he did like a belly laugh, like this fake sort of belly laugh right, to really, right. to, you know, give the example of beard, like you're being too hard. This isn't, this well, he was mirroring how they had received yeah, the video yeah. before and how he had, yeah. Like, Oh, this yeah. is funny. Right. No, nothing's yeah. funny here. This is all devastating. Yeah. So yeah. So then beard goes to Nate's house. And again, sprinkling the humor throughout, just gorgeous. Like, and that's why, I mean, that, like the tone, because they never, um, they're not weeping for you. They're taking you to the edge of it. And because they keep making it funny and stuff, your emotions are caught off guard. You know, like it's just also raw, right? I uh, I think we both feel better if you just headbutted me. <laughs> right, right. So Beard admits that he was in prison and that after he and Ted got to know each other in undergrad playing football, he went that path. He's, and then uh, Ted went and became a coach and everything. And that, and he's, and it was like, you know, he, he stole and then he stole from his, from Ted. And then um, Ted had to kind of rescue him. And Nate goes, God, that sounds like a lot like the plot of Les Mis. He goes, yeah. yeah, it's just like, I stole a loaf of meth and. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ted's okay, car. Yeah. And then Ted's car. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny though. And then uh yeah, so instead of headbutting him, what does he do? Yeah, he puts his head towards his on his and then hugs him and then tells him just come on Monday and you know start yeah, I'll working. Give you a job. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. Ted gave me a job and a life, and I will give yeah. you a job. Your the life is up to you. Oh god, just gorgeous. And like a single tear from beard and such just genuine. Oh, compassionate just beautiful acting and but on both of their parts and just oh, yeah yeah just and the awesome. unspoken humor is always really fun to me on that show and so right when they back away from that scene they turn the corner in nate's house and jade is there eating a kebab people were yeah. eating kebabs through the whole entire the whole episode <laughs> there's so many chunks of meat being passed between lips in this episode yep so good yep. Um, Re rebecca i need to go see a man about a horse well i didn't know women said that about going to the bathroom no ted i'm going to buy a horse I'm going to buy a horse <laughs> and she's so just like straight with it and funny yeah while she's gnawing on a giant stick of meat yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the kebab kebab. thing was hilarious um, yeah, I agree. There's just, it, it just keeps, it keeps tottering back and forth between humor and tenderness over and over. And it just, oh. um, so does, um, the other line was, uh, so does Richmond have their own theme song? Well, we tried with Freddie Mercury to get it to be a uh, fat bottom girls and queen. Was anyone offended by that? Only the flat bottom girls. <laughs> they don't matter anyway. And by they, I mean me. Yeah, yeah, and, and then I so like funny. when they win the game. They're coming off the bus and they're playing "Fat Bottom Girls" by Queen. It was so yeah. good. Yeah, that was fantastic. The music throughout was gorgeous, and the um, whole thing with um with uh Rebecca says, you know, everyone thinks that uh, uh Freddie act uh, Freddie's uh most um amazing trait is he has four octaves. But uh, my someone someone she knew went to art school with them, and he said that is or her grandfather went to art school with them and said that is the most amazing trait was flipping straights. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, all these people online were like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the music though was great. The oh. Sam Ryder song when the mom had left and there was um the sunflower bread yeah. uh fought and lost was the oh that was beautiful. It was lovely, yeah. And then the Wiz, the final song of the episode, Home by the Wiz, covered by Brandy Carlisle, was gorgeous too. Um have you heard anything by Brandy Carlisle that's not gorgeous for the record? No, I know. Seriously. <laughs> She's so talented. And I'm glad people are recognizing it, you know. Um, let's see. I had a whole bunch of notes, just so many notes about the mom, about how punchable I found her. And the peanut butter jar thing, that got my oh! because she did the same thing that he does. Like, so yeah. all these yeah. all these things we learned exactly from our parents. And that's yeah. what he's basically saying is like, dude, I know you did the best you could when my mm -hmm. dad died. You could have then chosen to heal and taken me along your healing journey. Instead, you chose to get more and more stuck and more and more really ultimately like. And you're still choosing it. You're still selfish choosing it. And, yeah. And, and yeah. And you took me on that journey. And I think it may have fucked up my marriage and my life. And I've got depression and anxiety. Oh, and that was the other thing. Oh, my God. Okay. This is a conversation I've literally had <laughs> the whole like. Um, so are you still having those, uh, those, those things? Yeah. You I had it too. Attacks? Yeah. Yeah. And, and cause she can't even say it out loud. Yeah. Like it's such a shameful episodes. thing to have any, many mental health issues. Right. Mm. Yeah. Those episodes. And then he says, yeah, I'm gonna go to a therapist. It's actually kind of great. Have you thought about it? And she's like, ha ha ha. No, 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 no. Um, how did she word it? Like, I can't just basically like the idea of going to a therapist was so kind of below her. And so, yep gross and oh and oh god yeah and then she goes and she goes oh are you just talking blaming everything on me ha 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 it's all, yeah of course it's my fault yeah and i've had that same conversation and what anyone listening if the thought of someone in your life coming to you and says that they're going to therapy makes you uncomfortable just shut up don't say anything <laughs> just say that's great for you later ask yourself why in your own right, head right to them just to support them yeah because when you respond like that and and believe me i've heard hundreds of inst instances where people respond like that you're saying you're a stupid fucking idiot you can't figure the shit out for yourself and you need to go to some wackadoo to deal with your stuff and i'm better than that and you know what first off we're already going through some shit and we're and we're actually doing the bravest fiercest most amazing thing by actually unraveling this bullshit and we're in therapy because yeah. you wouldn't go to therapy so i mean fuck you twice so exactly. maybe don't say that to people i don't know yeah yep well, and what this whole series, again, love letter to Brene Brown, vulnerability yeah. is actually courage. You know, like, yeah. that's what we're learning here. And that's what he's learning is that he never, you know, niceness is not actually kindness because kindness yeah. is clarity. It's kind of, you know, that's another yeah. Brene Brown thing. Like you actually have to be honest with yourself and other people and deal with your stuff or you're just causing messes. You're just, you're just dragging this like slug trail of misery behind you. You know, you see how prevalent it is too, because. I have used the phrase in Ted Lasso groups of toxic positivity. Yeah. And yeah. people just want to burn me to the ground, hmm. burn everything. No, around that's exactly the what they've been criticized. That's exactly what he's seen his mom do, realizing that he's always done and his is healing from that. It's always men. You're too. Right. It's yeah. always men that comment. They're like, oh, so somebody being happy and making other people feel good. Oh, that's a shitty thing to do. And I'm like, you're you're the problem here. You're not hearing what you're I'm not, saying at all. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I try to very kindly like come back over and over and over. And then eventually you just have to let them live their life. But uh, it, it is. Well, a I've contrasted Keely, Keely and Ted in that, you know, and like you can yeah. be a very positive 
you know, bright light kind of person, as long as you're also able to acknowledge all the rest of it and feel it yeah. and go there and, you know. Yeah, because it is a thing where there's no balance. You're not ever getting what you need. You're never expressing right. needs and you're just making right. everyone else feel good, which is nice, but you're not, you're not actually deepening relationships. And, and Ted is a great case in point. He makes everybody around him feel so loved and seen yet. He's super lonely. Oh, so alone. Yeah. 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 When you never ask for it, when you never admit that you need anything and you never ask for anything, you end up not having any of your needs met. <laughs> Lo and behold, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, Sassy was right. He was a mess, you know, um, oh. but he's unmessing. And again, I think it's so helpful to see the source of that. Like he had so many kind of reckonings witnessing his mom, you know, and, and where it all came from. And then he, oh, the courage it took to say what he did to her and to really see it through and to be very just, you know, honest and, and dark in those moments. And it was needed. It was great. That's exactly what I was going to say, too, was the courage in that moment to, to not like sort of tiptoe around it or not try to be nice to her about it. Yeah. But again, it's that visceral feeling that that emotional release of fuck you is so uh, universal to a lot of us. And so I, I just I, the scene was just so that's what made it so painful is it was so beautiful. It was so, you know, I keep coming back to the word cathartic because even though it was painful, yeah. it was cathartic. Like you you felt so good for this character that you are now you you're you're invested and you care about them and you want, you know, and you probably in some way have experienced that yourself. And yeah. so, you know, it is you, you definitely are seeing yourself through that. Um it's so, also the forgiveness. So going back and going from the Nate and Beard scene directly to the Ted and Mama Lasso scene, mm -hmm. Dottie Lasso. Um, I think that was a beautiful cut. I think, you know, again, we're seeing yeah. so many layers of what it takes. Forgiveness is not like an easy Hallmark Cardi kind of bumper sticker sort of thing. It takes a lot of digging, a lot of struggle, you know, and, and, and a lot of, and um, a lot of processing on the person who, who is being forgiven to earn it. you know what I mean? Like it's got to go both ways. Right. Yeah. And I love, again, mirroring that theme when Jamie is injured on the side, uh, you know, on the sidelines and he has a conversation with Ted and Ted's basically telling him, like, forgiveness is for you, not for your dad. Right. You know, and yeah. that is yeah. a, a thing also that I think people really get tripped up on. And I have in, in my life is that it's not linear. And so mm -hmm. because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that something's not going to trigger you and you need to process a new thing, right. a new layer, and you have to have right. another conversation. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just like a check mark. It's you move on. Yeah. yeah. They really leaned into the messiness of it. And I, I really, mm -hmm. uh, really appreciated them for that being very sincere. Yep. No, I totally agree. Um, Roy. Oh, real quick. Before we get into that, the brothers, so when Jamie took off and Keely and Roy followed um, followed him to go see where he was going. Of course, he was going to his mom's house. Um, the, those three brothers that oh, kind of were harassing him, those are real <laughs> brothers. Yeah. And the mom is on one of the Ted, Ted Facebook groups, and, and they're adorable. They're named after the Bee Gees. They're Barry, oh. Robin, and Maurice. <laughs> And, uh, she had all these back these uh, backstage pictures of the boys with their you know yeah. with the other players so it was so cute anyway so roy and keely where do you stand with that um what do you mean like where where do i think how do you feel about how they are together at this point and what the future holds for them and also or is roy going to probably marry jamie's mom now 
Yeah, I mean, he was really going in for that second hug, wasn't he? Um, I feel like it's starting to get overplayed. Um, meaning it feels it feels difficult to watch that they're spending all of this time and invested interest into other people in the process Mm -hmm. of trying to figure out their relationship. And they're Mm -hmm. not, they're not going one way or the other with theirs. They haven't turned to each other. They keep turning out. Yes. Because they're just, they're going for distractions of things instead of just going inward and saying, let's just talk this out once and for all and Mm -hmm. figure out what we're going to do. It's just, it's, it's a lot like, um, it's a lot like friends with Ross and Rachel. Are they, aren't they, were they on the break? Not, are they not on the break? Are they, it's like sort of this back and forth of like, they're holding hands on Jamie's bed, but not, but then when Jamie comes in, he seems kind of pleased about it, but they pull their hands away. You know, it's just like, just. So just what, so my impression on the bed, if Keely, if they hadn't been interrupted by Jamie, I don't think she was going to say, I love you back and let's get back together. I think she was going to say, this isn't, I agree because I think she she's the one who pulled her hand away um and so you know and that could be why they're not leaning into it but again like I don't want to force the writing but I keep coming to the thing of like there's only one more episode like we spent a lot of time this episode on other things and it was a beautiful episode but um I just yeah all those people that want Jamie and Roy and Keely to be a thruple probably <laughs> loved the scene where they're drinking champagne and giggling together. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're going to end up together. It doesn't feel like there's enough there. I feel like they're good friends. It's the same thing with like, you know, everyone wanting Rebecca and Ted together. Like there's a huge friendship there. And I was having this conversation at lunch where uh, I'm with you, where um, I feel like it would be the greatest testimonial to um having friendships that have nothing to do with sex at all it never goes in the, and they're they're deeply intimately connected but there's nothing sexual happening now it's more with ted and rebecca i thousand percent agree with that this is a harry and hermione situation they are not mm-hmm. going to be romantic they never were going to be romantic that's bogus um with keely and roy and um jamie they have there's been sex there's been romance mm-hmm. there's been deep romance for one of those couples you know so um, I think they're probably going to leave us with Roy and Keely might there, there's a potential for some, mm-hmm. you know, but she's got some stuff to figure out first that that's my guess. I don't know. Um, I also, there's something, there was something very intentional about that scene, the three of them together. It makes me think that like, they're going to be in leadership of the team or something like there's going to be something about the three of them is, you know, like as, as things, you know, next episode as we see like what the future for richmond i think there's going to be something about that dynamic yeah i mean sure he does pr but as we said like i think that you know it'll end up with nate jamie and roy coaching um people disagree saying that it'll be where jamie will be actually the captain Mm -hmm. uh but i think it's going to jump that i think he's going to figure out that his ankle injury is much more severe than he thought and he's going to end up coaching. I think Beard will stay in England with Jane, um, and Ted will go back. Open and, a weird shop or something. Just and I something think strange. Or- I think he and Beard need to separate so Ted can actually lean into other people, other things that's not, that aren't comfortable, and he can develop new relationships. That's going to be a pretty devastating. There's going to be a bunch of devastating um, parts, you know, like the two characters have to leave each other. But I think the Beard and Ted one's going to be pretty tricky. Um, 
What do you think? I think there's going to be a rom-com run through the airport kind of scene um, at the end. And I think it's going to be, I, I, my speculation is Ted is not even in Richmond at the start of this next episode that he's like at the airport already or like on his way. So obviously that's his truth at the end of the episode. He told Rebecca has truth and he's going home. Um, So you don't think he's even going to be there for the last game? I don't think so because it's not about winning and losing. And he's brought the characters, like he said, with the real life Manchester city Mm -hmm. coach, you know, like, this is this is you know it's about bringing these people to their maximum potential in life and in in soccer and football so why you know they're there they've done it if you're gonna go so rom- it doesn't matter and i don't even know that they're gonna show what the results of the game are like i don't i don't i don't know that that matters at this point you know what i mean like i i think they will i think ted will be here uh, but for your rom-com moment i think he'll be on the side watching coaching the game and michelle will show up Oh, I think it's not Michelle at all. I think Nate is the rom-com moment and not in a romantic yeah. way, but I think Ted goes to the airport and Nate finds him there and maybe Ooh. Nate drags him back to the, for the final game and Ted just watches it or something like that. I don't know, but that's my guess is that because Nate has a lot he has to say. Yeah, yeah, you I know? agree. And and so I think there's going to be something big and dramatic there. Um, I don't think Nate, Nate will just jump in coaching without knowing ahead of time that he's going to talk to Ted. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't don't know if things are going to be like them meeting at airport, but I also don't think that they're going to have Ted. I think part of the last episode, Ted will they'll show Ted in in Kansas, Mm -hmm. but I think it'll revolve around the last game since the entire he's going to be thing has been around soccer. Henry's little league team. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, I don't. We're both guessing. There'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of fans that are upset if they don't show triumph. You know, and May's bar would be just obliterated if they didn't win the game and we need may to be successful in life or or what's the point of all this right right yeah so i don't know it, but really interesting ways they can go so um, we've been um, talking for a very long time so let's one let's, more thing yeah one more yeah. thing um so by the way jamie's... you'll hear sarah say this like eight or nine times one more thing <laughs> so jamie's dad is in rehab oh right broke me so, open yeah that whole scene with jamie getting support from the you know the, like just all of it's all about forgiveness and just just coming together um i think ted helped get him to rehab the way he asked jamie about have you talked to your dad since that last like there's something Mm. about that moment i think ted had a hand in that i'm just putting that out there i agree with you actually okay yeah um anything else you want to add there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about so i will say i told (laughs) what i gotta tell you guys she's gotta do this like nine more times one more thing. Go ahead. No, what was the last thing you were going to say? I was going to say, I'm not going to go into more because next week's episode is going to be so long to try to get through the finale and stuff. So I don't want to pick too. this too. Like two hours. Yeah. I don't want to pick it apart too much with this one. But so okay. I, I personally, for me, I'm going to leave it there. Okay. Me too. Almost. <laughs> so Jamie and his mom, the Liar. last thing I want to say about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. When they're like petting each other and talking about impotence and all that stuff. Um, the Roy and Keeley posters on the wall of Jamie's childhood bedroom. Oh was God. Hysterical. Yes. It also shows you like, so his dynamic with his mom might make us understand a little bit why like he goes for older women. Cause I 100%. think Keeley's quite a bit older than him. Yeah. Um, also the actress that played his mom and, and the actor that plays Jamie are only 12 years apart. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I just wanted to put that out there too. Yeah. And the just Roy's hairdo in the photo. Oh my God. The poster so is so weird. good. Yeah. And, and I love it. You wrote Roy turns the corner. He's like, whoa. 
yeah what the <laughs> fuck and then keely does the same what the fuck when she sees hers yeah soccer balls very good stuff okay so we will wrap to that i'm done i'm good thank you I- i'm gonna end this now before she changes her mind because she probably has nine <laughs> more pages of notes <laughs> all right thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to what won't she say you can find us at what won't she say.com on spotify itunes or anywhere else that you like to find your podcast 